Hello my dolls, it's Gina. Hey, uh, Jill and I want to apologize this week. We have been working hard and we've been momming hard, but unfortunately that means we have not been podcasting hard. But we did go into our archives and found a fun episode we did with the marvelous Alice Agnello from the podcast Kids Are Grown, Now What? And we thought this one's worth a redo. So we are republishing this one for you. We do hope you enjoy it and we will be back again next week with fresh content. Okay, love you. Bye. Welcome to the Always Never Right podcast, a podcast for Gen Xers who are getting to middle age and are wondering how the fuck that happened. I'm Jill Farrell. And I'm Gina Biggs. Uh, Tonight, we have what is sure to be a revealing topic because it's about friendship, specifically how absolutely difficult it can be to develop new friendships that are meaningful as an adult. The whole make new friends, but keep the old one is silver and the other gold. You know, that thing is still very true, but very, very hard to do. I absolutely knew you were going to sing that part. I knew you would. 100%. (laughs) I wrote that down. I knew you were going to sing it. To sit with us tonight while we explore our topic, we do actually have a new friend with us. Host of the podcast, The Kids Are Grown Now What? Alice Agnello. Welcome. Hey there. Happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Very happy (laughs) to have you. Oh, Oh, and Alice, very quickly before we... Um, discuss our cocktail tonight, which was chosen in your honor. Um, We'd like you to tell us a little bit about what your podcast is about. So I originally wanted to start something because I just felt like I had so much to say and I've been biting my tongue for the past 40 years. And so to preserve my tongue, I decided to do something about it. And so my podcast focused mostly on midlife and your kids are now grown or almost grown and moving out and you've now discovered you haven't taken care of yourself for the past 20 or so years. And now what, how do I find myself again? What do I do? How do I take care of myself to move forward to the next 20 to 30 years of my life? Oh gosh. And I've been listening and I really, really enjoy it. The purse episode just killed me. I'm like, I've regretted so many not purchase purchase purses, and um, I particularly love your most recent episode. Oh, which okay, I'm sorry, Jill wants to speak up. Then I'll go the to the most recent. The not purchase the not 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 purchased purses. I have to chime in on because I tell Gina to get those purses, and I'm like, bitch, you better get that purse because you're gonna be sad if you don't. She's like, no, I'll be sadder if I get it. And then later on, she's like. I totally should have got that purse because this goes into the <laughs> always never right part of this. I'm always. I'm She's... never. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, and I also loved your latest episode um, uh, that I listened to today. And for listeners, we do record somewhat early, but um, I really love the episode about um, not making your children your entire life because they are going to yes. go someday and have their own lives. So you want to. You basically want to model with them, but I digress. Um, That's Jill, a drink word, by the way. It is. Uh, no, but Jill and I have been listeners, and I'm sort of close to that space because my oldest daughter, Nina, actually is flying back to England tomorrow to go back to university at um, her lush little overseas life. Um <laughs> 
And uh, while my son, AJ, is younger, I'm still a half-empty nester, and I'm currently channeling all of my love and affection into one child who so far is sucking it up, but he's 11, so that's not going to last a lot longer. <laughs> at any rate, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, um, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, let's talk about friends and drinks. Jill, what are we having tonight? Tonight, we decided that in Alice's honor, we would have a drink prominently featured in the iconic female friendship series Sex in the City, the Cosmopolitan. It's one Alice particularly enjoys. So we decided that we would enjoy it as well. Mm-hmm. Some people call it a martini. Some say that because it has juice in it, it can't be a martini. So there's a lot of like actual controversy on the web. And I feel like people maybe should have better things to do with their time. But um, regardless, we serve it in a martini glass. I actually feel fancy when I drink it. So I totally get that. Vodka, Cointreau, lime juice, cranberry, super simple but tasty. What were you going to say, Gina? I I do like the fancy little martini glasses. Right? It's so fun. Everybody <laughs> loves it. It reminds um, me of mom, when mom would serve tea in her little silver tea service every Sunday night when we'd watch this really stupid Julia Duffy show about but Wizards and Warriors. Anyway, right, but I digress again. Um, Moving on. We put the recipe up on the website, alwaysneverwrite.com. As usual, what do you guys think? How did you do recreating the famous Cosmo? I did great, except for I couldn't find my martini glasses anywhere in my house. And my husband, we couldn't find the shaker as well. So his brilliant idea was to put it in one of those shakers for um, power shakes with the little wire ball. That totally works. It totally works. And it has the ounces listed on it. Exactly. And so he's like shaking it around and doing all these crazy stuff. And he's got his tongue hanging out. And he's like, this is better if I do it this way or this way. And I'm like, can you just make the drink? I got to go in five minutes. Give me <laughs> I bet that was cute. That sounds really cute. I used to make my drinks before I had like an actual cocktail shaker. I used to make my drinks in a, in like a salad shaker that was for like salad dressing and stuff because yes, this exact one, the OXO salad shaker. Cause it's got like, um, the ounces on the side. So you pour in the ounces and it's like this many of this and this many of this, it's so much easier to do cause you just pour it right in there. But I have to say, since I got my William Sonoma cocktail shaker, it's fine to like mix it in there. And because I'm mixing We've said before that we usually make the double for us, and then I always make one for T because it would be sad if he didn't get to drink with me. Um, I make three drinks, and it's nice to have a nice big shaker that I can make three drinks in. So, chicka chicka chicka, let's go. I I do not have that issue since John the Brit is a complete teetotaler. Um, and kind of a dick about it. <laughs> he was kind of adorable tonight because I, I've recently discovered Crystal Head Vodka, which is, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Um, but I specifically Thank you, Dan Crystal- Aykroyd. Oh, I know. Dan Aykroyd, everything I loved about you from the 70s forward makes so much more sense now. Um, <laughs> but I, I specifically use Grey Goose tonight because the one thing about um, Crystal Head is it really knocks me off the uh, plot much, much quicker. So I use Grey Goose. It is lovely. It is amazing. I think I put too much lime in mine, but eh, it still tastes good. I don't know that there's a such thing as too much citrus. I love the citrus flavor in cocktails in general, like lime, lemon. Um, we had a cocktail. I don't think we've had it on here yet. It's called See You Next Wednesday. Have we oh, had it? Uh, we we did just uh, uh, last, last episode. Last week. Yep. It was, it's a delicious cocktail. 
even if I do say so myself, because I invented it. Um, but it's kind of lovely and wonderful. Mm. <laughs> okay, as awesome as that is, let's move on just a little bit. Let's start talking about making friends as an adult, because I do think that's a very difficult thing to do, especially when you have relocated from where you grew up to a new community. I recently relocated from the Midwest to Dallas, neither of places which I grew up. And so moving to Dallas was difficult. However, when I very first moved here, I found out that there was another friend of ours from high school who lived here. And I found that on Facebook. So she and I set a time to meet up and she and T and I and her husband and she invited some friends and we all met up um, and it was really fun. We just had dinner together and the friends that she brought along happened to live in the town where we lived. She didn't live in the town where we lived. She lived a couple towns over. So, I mean, you know, Dallas is one of those metroplexes that has like 77 towns associated with it. Um, but it was really fun to meet the other people around and we actually ended up going out with them another time. So while there's girlfriends that you make, there's also couples friends. And I think couples friends is even harder than girls friends. Cause not only do you have to match the girl, but you also have to match the guy. I think a lot of times you can match one, but not both. And that's I my hand. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I couples friends is aside from you and T, and even then, I think it's because they're married to us. Yeah, well, John the Brit is a singular sensation that, like, John the Brit sleeps when he goes to parties. <laughs> he does. I love him so much, but I'm like, socialize, socialize. And he's like, no, I can't. If I can't type to him at a computer, I don't want to do it. So pass. Yes. Anyway, I digress. But no, it is hard. Yes, I remember relocating. Bah. Okay, I remember relocating from that Midwestern state to another Midwestern state where I knew no one. And I was married to John the Brit at the time. And, I'll, you know, I'll be honest, for the past 13 years, all my friends have been from work. Yeah, I think that's true. I feel the same. Alice, what about you? So what was interesting when I first moved here um, from California to Virginia, one of the first pe people that I worked for, she said to me that people around here um, have friends and they'll be nice to you, but they don't need new or more friends. So yeah. just be prepared for that. And that sentence, I think, made me jaded then for everywhere. And I just feel like now that my kids are going and out of the house, I mean, when they're here and then you were full time, you went into situations like you had to meet people, whether it was on the playing field or with school and their best friend and that kind of stuff. It's like, it made you go out and meet people. And now that that avenue is kind of closed, I'm now struggling to try and figure out, okay, so how do I go out? How do I make new friends? I have friends from work, but even then sometimes like if someone moves or changes jobs, we don't kind of stay in touch as much. And what I also noticed was the people that I did become close to here in Virginia, they actually were not from here originally as well. 
I think that's and true. I also. And I don't know why that was, but it, I don't know if it's because we kind of glommed onto each other because we were not like two unknowns and, and no one else wanted to know who we are or we're too outrageous for around this town. I don't know. I, I think I'm all right, but I might say some things, I guess people are like, where'd that come from? <laughs> I think that that's true in a lot of places. When you have kids, you meet the kids make friends and then you make friends with those kids' parents. And the thing you have in common is your kids and their interests. Um, once you get older, once your kids get older, you know, I'm still at an age where, well, not particularly my age, but my kid is still in an age. Millie still has friends and I might make friends with her f- friend's parents. Um, she's a friend named, we'll call him Dakota. She has a friend named Dakota and Dakota's parents are so kind and so nice and they love Millie so much. And so if we went out to dinner with Dakota's parents because we went out with Dakota and Millie and we both families went out, that would be totally fine. Do I think I would hang out with Dakota's mom just on purpose? No, not really. But we might meet through the kids and that would be cool. But once you get past that, yeah, I think that really where I meet my friends is at work. And I think what ends up happening, and I don't know if this is, I know this is the true for Gina. I don't know if this is true for everybody, but for me, for Gina, our husbands are not, they're both computer dorks. <laughs> they both do computer dork stuff. So T has friends that I would love for him to make friends and go out with his friends. And maybe we could make friends with his friend. Like I would meet with his friend's wife. That would be completely fine. But that's not how that really works. Yes. So it's almost like too awkward somehow make that even more awkward. You know what I mean? Like his friend from work is just as uncomfortable in a social situation as he is. So there's no way those two are ever going to say, Hey, let's go out to dinner because hey, let's first go of all, out to two dinner. guys, they're not going to do that. They're not going right. to think that way the way the women do. Right. So right. my friends from work, from my work, are the people that I hang out with. And the problem comes in because I work from home. So how do you hang out? Um, my friend Rexy who's been on several of our shows, a couple, at least three of our shows, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Rexy lived in another town and she ended up moving to Dallas, not necessarily to be with me, but she didn't have any place better to be and she had to move out of where she was. So she might as well move here because she didn't know where else to go. So she moved here, she knew me, and at least now moving here, when I moved here, I had a friend because she was moving here. Um, recently Millie had a boyfriend and Millie's boyfriend and his dad ended up moving here. They lived someplace else. They lived in Austin and they just moved here. So it's, and the funny thing is the reason Millie and her boyfriend met is because her boyfriend and I knew each other when we lived back in the Midwest. (laughs) So it's sort of like I'm building my own commune here. 
Um, it's just attracting all, is, all these people. <laughs> yeah, I'm somehow pulling them in. in to me. I just need Gina and her, and her group to move, and we'll be set. <laughs> like I could live here forever. It would be perfect. Oh. And I think the thing happens that we meet our friends through work. We make this connection, and the main thing we have in common is work. So as long as you continue to work at that same place, work in that same job, you're okay. But if something happened and you changed jobs, you changed roles, even within your job. Like if I had a different role within my company, I wouldn't have as much in common with Rexy as I do now because we work in the same job in the same essentially role in the company that we work in that we would otherwise. And I, I actually, with my most recent job, really lucked out. Um, I mean, for, for Alice, um, you know, I, I worked at the same place in that one Midwestern state for 10 years and I worked in another Midwestern state for eight and a half years. And then I worked in another Midwestern state for a year and a half and got my body and soul crushed by a uh, firing and then ended up where I am now That's in St. Horrible. Louis. Oh, it was bad. Um, but, uh, where I am now, I actually really, really lucked out um, because I am awkward. It takes me a while oh, to warm up. Awkward. Oh, my so Lord, awkward. I'm awkward. Um, it takes me a while to warm up with people and really make friends. <laughs> <laughs> Quit your laughing. So, um, so I really lucked out because the place I work for now, two people I used to work with at a prior job also work the there. first job. Oh, oh, yeah. Two people from my very first job and two people from my second job, both work for my current company. So I was able to kind of go in and I already knew people and it already put me at a comfort level that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And my boss has lived in this city for 14, nearly 15 years. And because of her children, she had a group build up that, my, that John the Brit calls the drunk housewives because every time we go out, we have cocktails. We've talked about them. Yeah, and they just assumed me into that group so easily. And they've been assuming Jillian into that group recently, too, so yeah. easily and wonderfully. I got to go to a Drunk Housewives thing a long time ago. It was fun. And you get to go to another one in a, in a yes. couple months. Couple months. Um, so I, I am just lucky. Otherwise, I am. it's very hard for me to make friends. So if I didn't have this, I would be a, I'd be feeling a lot more alone in this giant city right now. And I think also when we have our kids and their parents, I was almost afraid to ever make to be a friend with them because if anything happened with the kids and there was a falling out or I didn't like the parent and I still had to deal with them on a day-to-day basis, I never wanted to get too involved just in case something happened and then, you know, it all just go to crap. And so he, my son still has like a really good friend and I'm pretty good friends with his mom but we haven't gone out to dinner. We'll hang out like if there was a function and, you know, we're together. But I think it's also that fear of putting yourself out there. So then to say to someone, hey, do you want to do dinner sometime? And then they give the answer, sure. And then you're like, okay, are they saying that because they really want to? Or are they trying to just, you know, push you aside? And then someone never uh, follows up. And then it's just this nebulous, let's go out to dinner thing that someone says, and then I don't follow up, they don't follow up. And it's almost like you have to somehow follow up and push through that fear of, you know, acceptance and or, or refusal at the same time. Yeah. 
That's absolutely true. And I think that, you know, we have that thing where like, what if your kid's a dick and I like you? Yeah, you know, exactly. Exactly. Which I've seen happen with a couple of my friends and the two moms have managed to very much stay friends. The daughters could give two shits about each other now. Right. And it's, (laughs) that's hard. They just make it a policy never to discuss their kids. And that's sad when that huge part of your life is suddenly off limits. What do you, what do you guys think about, um, activities? Like, do you guys have activities that you would meet friends through things that you do? I mean, I guess that as a, as a grown up, I'm a grown ass man. I can do what I want. One of the things that I did for a while, uh, T and I got really involved for a while in a while ago, we decided we would both learn how to ride motorcycles and we got very involved. We learned how to ride motorcycles. We got really involved in our local Harley Davidson club and we participated in that. And that was a super fun thing to do. I called it the most expensive midlife crisis ever. It was so, but it was really fun. And I have to say, learning how to ride a motorcycle was super empowering. And the fact that if I was someplace in the world, I could get on a motorcycle and go wherever the fuck I wanted to go. And you couldn't, I would kick your ass. So you'd be stranded and I'd be screwed. I'd be like off doing whatever I wanted to do. But here's the thing. We didn't. Other than motorcycle loving, we didn't really have anything in common with those people. And they were wonderful, kind hearted people, but we didn't have a lot in common with them as far as the world. Like you didn't go out to dinner with them. Like you didn't like take well, two people aside, a couple and go out like separately from like the group events kind of a we thing. We did a couple times like have dinner with people at, at like events where we would like hang out with them and we're like, you're so cool. Let's have, let's do something. But there was nothing separate from like Harley related events. So mm-hmm. even though we did stuff through activities, other than that activity, we didn't have much in common with them. And when we did, when we ended up selling our motorcycle to move down here, we weren't riding it anymore. We both knew we weren't going to ride it down here because the traffic here is ridiculous. Um, we thought it wouldn't make sense to ride down here anymore. So let's sell, did that. And at that point we ceased to have anything in common with them. It's not amazing that you're able to do something with your husband. And the reason I say that is like, I've been trying to think of something that the two of us could do together with a group activity or something like that. And anything yeah. I suggest, nope, nope, nope. Nope. And so finally, I'm just like, okay, well, guess what? So I'm just letting you know now that I was, I took ballroom dancing for two years as my PE for college because I didn't want to take 7.30 badminton or 7.30 volleyball. I did did ballroom dancing and bowling. (laughs) And bowling was like at nine, I don't know, it was ridiculous times. And finally, I just said, fine, I'm going to do ballroom dancing. I absolutely loved it. And I I did it again for the second year. So I told them, I said, I'm going to do that. I'm just letting you know, you can come with me or not, but I'm either going to take private lessons. I'm going to do something. So you can't complain if there are, I'm done to estrangement or I am telling you about Bert who is like 60 years old and he's a great guy. So you can't be jealous. You can't complain because you decided not to attend. It was your choice. Absolutely. Go you. Yeah. 
I agree. But that's and- my struggle, trying to find something for the both of us to do. He plays ice hockey right now, which is great because it's a bunch of guys and they get together and he's wanted me to go with him to a couple of the barbecues that they have. And I'm just like, mm, no, thanks. Really don't want to do that. And I really should, but for some reason I'm just totally resisting. And maybe it's because like two worlds collide. I wish T would meet some guys and I would go to his stupid barbecues just because, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, all right, fine. I'll go to your dumb barbecue. We meet some people at your barbecue and you can show me your people and point at them. I'm sure it's very fun. encouraging if you call it your dumb barbecue. That, that's yeah. going to make it go all in. <laughs> right. But the thing is, okay. So T used to work for this company that um, he worked remotely. He still works remotely. And every year, and frankly, I thought this was completely badass. Every year we would, they, the company he worked for was in Reston, Virginia. He worked in our Midwest and every year, everybody who worked remotely, the company would fly them in with their spouse for the company Christmas party. And I was like, first of all, that makes me feel super fancy. Second, I got to dress up and look pretty. And we would go to like some fancy country club and it would be lovely. Um, So I thought that was awesome. And I would have a fun time meeting all of his work friends that I'd heard about all this time. And whether they were people he was like friends, friends with or not was completely different. These were all the people he had been talking about for months and like griping about for months and all of that. So I thought that was cool. Plus I got to fly in and go to a Christmas party and I felt fancy because <laughs> that's pretty cool. Dina, <laughs> do you and your husband do anything together or? Okay. Well, I, I can't get him to go to any work parties with me because he's, he's scared of humanity. Um, but we actually started the geekiest family activity ever because for whatever reason, all four of us are actually into this right now. And this weekend we did our very first Dungeons and Dragons adventure together. Right on. (laughs) I want to know, does Benny like Dungeons and Dragons too? Because I want to know if he plays too. I I do not believe he does. I think it's just me and Nina and AJ and John the Brett. Um, but AJ was so all into it. We did it without Nina, although for her birthday, she got dice. So she was very excited about that. I have my own, I have my own set of pretty dice. I'm like, yes, you do. Um, (laughs) but yeah, that's our family activities because we're awkward. So I, awkward awkward I mean, I, I've never, I never did it, and but I could see the appeal of it just because there is like an adventure and there's fantasy and people get to make up things. And I mean, it's like the sky is the limit without, I mean, with some limitations on it yeah. too. So I know my husband was involved with when he was younger and then they grew out of it and he understands it a hell of a lot better than I do. But I think again, any family activity that you can get the whole family involved in is uh-huh. a win so I reconnected with one of my high school friends about four years ago and I was talking to him and he mentioned having played Dungeons and Dragons in high school. And I was like, what? Cause <laughs> our, our high school had barely over a hundred people in it. I'm like, 
how come you never told me? And he's like, I'm sorry, you were so quiet. I didn't think you'd be interested. And I'm like, I needed a fucking escape. <laughs> Next time, if we redo this in another live, get me involved. <laughs> exactly. what the hell? So I'm very excited. So, but Jill. <laughs> T was my dungeon master the very first time I ever played Dungeons and Dragons. I was best friends with his younger sister. And I had never played Dungeons and Dragons. And he was like, oh, I'll teach you. And so, you know, he would hand me the dice. And the very first time I ever remember, like, sexual excitement, which is, like, completely not our podcast. But, like, he handed me the dice and his hand touched my leg. And I was like, oh, whoa, what was that? (laughs) So... When we got engaged, many, 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 many years later, he bought me this beautiful diamond, and he had actually considered having the diamond laser engraved on all the different sides with the, like, different numbers for the 20-sided dice, and I'm like, one, really glad you didn't do that, because that could have, like, actually destroyed the value of the diamond, but... I also get that that's kind of a little bit, like, could I say that's kind of cool? Like, it might have been a little bit cool, but I think appreciate that you thought of it. You're, I think it's I romantic. Think... It's romantic yes. from his yes. perspective that he even thought that direction yes. for you. But yes. you are never, ever allowed to make fun of me again for John the Brit learning Elvish to give me the even star necklace. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, I totally am because that's a hundred percent more geeky because he didn't do it. No, he, no, T didn't do it. John the Brit actually, <laughs> Gina's husband decided to give her. What the listeners don't see right now is Gina's about to die of embarrassment and goes like, and it's my own fault right no Gina's husband used to live in our ba- my basement and at this time he was living in my basement and he decided he was going to give her the elven star necklace from Lord of the Rings the one that what's her uh, name was Arwen so, even star at least get it right if you're going to make fun of me whatever <laughs> um, so it's this big ass and necklace. I was ready to say Steve Tyler's daughter because I couldn't remember her name. That's what I was going to call her. <laughs> yeah, it's like this big. It's it's huge. And he bought her this necklace and he's like, I'm going to learn how to say an Elvish. You're my Elvish princess. <laughs> my beautiful Elvish ma- maiden. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're my beautiful Elvish maiden. Whatever. So he actually like sent away to this Elvish like, he rode away to this Elvish dude that spoke Elvish and, like, asked him how to say this. And he was so proud of himself. Which, okay, that's very romantic and very dorky. But go him because he thought of something really romantic. And I was like, yeah, go you, man. It's cool. And it worked. It worked. <laughs> totally married him. And she wore the necklace, and I made fun of her a lot. It was so good. I loved it. And we can say that she doesn't listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Again, in his mind, 
That was a romantic gesture. That was a ro- I was totally out of his comfort zone to like send that email even it to was. that other guy. Yeah, it was a romantic gesture. That. And it was out of his comfort zone. Yeah. But yeah, I'd probably tease her too just because it's funny. <laughs> Fair play. Because that's what, that's what friends do. We know all your secrets and then we're going to dig you somehow, somewhere. We're going to totally make fun of you. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll bring it back to the actual topic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we talked a little bit. I talked a little bit in the beginning about how when we very first moved here, when T and I very first moved here, we met up with one of my Facebook friends who was also a friend from high school and how she hooked us up with some other people who were local and we sort of made friends with them. And that didn't work out for various reasons. Um, but you know, Facebook is a good way to make friends. If you move to a new community, you can find friends that you had from previous lives on Facebook. That's one way that as an adult, you can move into the friend zone, (laughs) (laughs) which for some people is a bad thing, but for us, I think is a good thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Depending on how you're defining (laughs) <laughs> there's also different communities now for things that you love or you want to find out more information about. Um, I know there's a couple of different like midlife or empty nester communities, you know, that you can join and that kind of a thing. And a lot of people are always looking for, you know, people locally. Cause I think, you know, Facebook is great for some parts of it, but I think getting out of the house and walking down the street and getting your car and then going someplace to get out of your house and change your environment is so important. And I'm still looking for, I haven't figured out what I want to do other than ballroom dancing. So I'm still looking to see what else <laughs> to be involved with that could, you know, yeah, yeah get me some new friends. Cause I, I think, you know, yeah, you could, it's basically dating all over again. And I think it that's is. why I don't want to do it. Cause I haven't dated since high school slash college timeframe. I've been married to my husband. I've known him since high school. So I mean, I dated like a little bit, but not as much as where, you know, like Sweet Valley High, you read those books. And I felt like everyone was dating everyone all the time. And somehow I missed that whole chapter of dating in high school and I never got right. to get the chance. And now I feel like, oh, I got to date again. I got to ask a woman out for coffee to go and see if we even like each other and then either awkwardly leave or do something again. You know, in that same vein, though, there are actually sort of I'll say air quotes dating apps for friends there's like okay I don't know why but it does (laughs) there's nextdoor.com which is like basically just a neighborhood app it's not a dating app but there are like there's an app called hey vena hey exclamation point vena which is basically tinder for girlfriends it lets you meet new friends and join communities of people who have similar interests um, you can cre- you create a profile and do that. There's a Bumble BFF. So it's literally Bumble for friends, making friends like if you move someplace new. Um, there's one called Peanut, which is all about like making friends as mom. Um, there's one called Meetup, which is making friends as, as a group, like joining part of a group. Um, there's another one that's called Bark Happy. Like if you have a dog, you can find dog <laughs> friends like I have a Frenchie oh you have a Frenchie too we should be friends and then there's one called friender that's that I mean there's a lot of different apps out there that let you make friends with people which is 
kind of cool and a little bit creepy. It scares the living <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> I kind of like it, though, because it is hard to find people. If you don't work someplace, if you don't go places, like, like I'm going to go to the grocery store and make friends with people just because I pull a gro- like dinosaur out of my purse. And she's like, oh, I have the same dinosaur as you. Okay, we can be friends then. <laughs> That's not exactly how we roll anymore. <laughs> I think it's also around hard with it where I live is we're in a college town, but yet we also have a retirement community. So it's hard to find like my age group around here, you know, as well. So the idea of the friend app, I like it. I'm not sure I find more, I'm such an introvert that I don't know if I can then, I mean, just putting myself out here on my podcast and my website was a huge leap for me, but I wanted to do it to show myself that I could do it, but to also then, leap and have a profile to then go find friends my mind all automatically starts negative talking of i am a loser because i need to get friends and I, I why am i doing this in my app but then at the same time i'm like yeah but guess what everybody else out there is probably trying to find and maybe there is somebody that i would click with and then it would work out no no that that's uh that's really cool i i uh i gotta admit one of the things that um kind of hits me a little bit is, uh, you know, my, my son, 11 year old son, AJ is an Aspie. Um, he has Asperger's. And, um, after I got the massive, huge, oh my gosh, what the hell just happened firing, um, before my insurance ran out, I decided to go and get testing myself, um, just to see, because when we were taking AJ through testing, they looked at John the Brit and I and said, you two are showing some traits. You might want to get tested. And, John the Brit was like, oh, no, I'm fine. And I'm like, dude, you're, you know, if I bury the needle, you're going to break the needle going out the other side. But <laughs> that's okay. But I got tested and found out I'm an Aspie, which explains a whole hell of a lot. Um, so I've consistently had trouble just getting out there and finding ways to connect because I'm, I don't, I had to spend a lot of years studying what was socially normal before I could even make friends in school. So now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm too old for this shit. I'm terrified yeah. to make new friends. What the hell? Because so. it's a lot of work. It's effort. It's more work. You know, and I'm like, OK, yeah. I just put all this work into my kids. Do I really want to put more work into, you know, meeting people? But I know I, I should. Like for me and my health and the next 10, 15 years, I need to do that. Or else, I mean, my husband and I were talking about how we, you know, like we're very happy Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night every other night just sitting at home and doing absolutely nothing we're okay with that i'm with you i'm so with you my problem is i'm an asshole (laughs) i'm not asking i'm just a jerk so yeah for me um i'm a jerk and i get it people don't really like me so much because i'm an asshole and i get that and that's fine and I recognize it. You just haven't found your people yet who can appreciate your assholeness. Is that Actually, so no, I have that? found my people. I've got Gina. I've got Rexy. My sister is amazing. I have a good little subset of friends that are all around the country. But in general, I have this group of people who appreciates me for what I am. And that's all I need. You know, and if if new people want to join, that's cool. That's great. I love that because 
I don't pretend to be anything other than what I am. So you've got an ASPE, a Sassmeister, and a hippie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's sure. She's, she's very well-rounded. She's uh-huh. very well-rounded. I have almost everything I need. <laughs> so, What's funny is that I actually reconnected with my best friend from part of middle school and part of high school. Nice. So she and I had always planned to go to University of Chico together. Always. We're going to do this together. And then she moved away. God damn her. She moved away. And sure. I was once again, I think, you know what, now that we're talking about this. I think I also have had struggle with friends because so every time I made friends, they moved away. So like fifth grade, my best friend moved away. Sixth, seventh and eighth grade. Then she moved away to like an eighth grade. And then I was, I was constantly always trying to find the new next best friend. Cause you know, in high school, you're supposed to have best friends. You're supposed to have that. That's your core group that you hang out with at lunchtime and stuff For like that. For your life. Exactly. So when we reconnected, we just reconnected kind of on LinkedIn because she wasn't really on social media. I couldn't find her on Facebook and somehow I found her on LinkedIn and we just kind of said, hey, hey, okay. And she actually lives in D.C. So it was even crazier. Yeah. I mean, she lives three hours away from me, which is crazy in itself. And so we've she launched a podcast in January and she sent me an email and I'm like, how freaky is that? I'm doing it too. So we're, we've been talking more and more just because of that reason, but I still have this little bit of fear. Like, okay, I remember who she was when I was little. Are we still going to like each other now that we're adults? And we both kind of said we need to meet and see each other. And I know we're going to do it, but we're both still not pulling that trigger to say we need to meet in the middle have lunch or you know what I think you will I think you will and here's why because I think when you're young you're the core of who you are because you don't have any illusions hooked up you don't have any reason to put that up because you're absolutely who you are and so if you feel that now you're true to who you are you're still going to hearken back to that so if you meet her now I think you'll still go back to that same feeling of who you were yeah if it's any uh if it's any help I recently reconnected with one of my dearest dearest friends from you know I knew her from kindergarten on we were just so tight in high school she's a beautiful human being and um I recently reconnected with her because my sister recently got a job in our hometown and I went to they did a ceremony for my sister, long story, but um, I went to the ceremony and this woman was there and we ran up and we hugged each other and we started talking and it was like we were 17 again. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. was just like when you have that core and both of us have since told my sister, wow, it's like nothing has changed in the intervening 30 years. And exactly. so, so, you know, it, it can happen. And I, I, I have confidence for you that it'll it'll be fun when you finally pull that trigger. You're going to have a blast. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. I agree. I think it's also that like you feel you hear that rejection. You carry that rejection with Mm. you. And for some reason, you can't, you know, let it go. I had a best friend in college. And the last thing that I remember went to her wedding. She was at my wedding, the whole nine yards. And the last thing I remember that sticks out in my head is I called her once at her home because this is before cell phones, of course. Mm. So the only number I had was her mom's home phone number. I called and said, hey, I'm trying to reach, you know, so-and-so. And she, her mom said, well, I don't know if I should give out her new phone number to you. And oh. I was like, 
Okay. And I mean, this woman knows me and, you know, we were best friends and I'm like, okay, well, thanks. Just tell her I called and I have no idea what happened. You know what I mean? And so you carry around these rejections with you and somehow you have to kind of push through that and say, just because it happened a long time ago, doesn't mean it's going to happen again. But we women, we remember that stuff. We do. We always think it's going to happen again in the future sometimes. I had a friend who... Um, we've talked about our friend Mary, who yeah. we went to um, a bar with one night and got really completely trashed. She and I were completely best friends. We used to do everything together. And one day, like, she kind of stopped calling me all the time. And I went to see her at her job one day. And she was like, we can't be friends anymore because I don't think you're a good person. And I was like, wow, What? And for a long time, I believed her that I wasn't a good person. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't a good person. And I thought, wow, I didn't understand what that even meant, but I must not be a good person. And then I realized she was wrong. You know, one day I was at the doctor's office and I was helping somebody. I saw this couple and they were trying to get the lady into the car and I helped them. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. I am a good person. Mm-hmm. A good person does that. A not good person would just like fucking walk off. Mm-hmm. And it, I realized it's not just that. It's not just this. It's not just one thing. But it's all of the things. I am a good person. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with that. You're just a bitch. Mm-hmm. Because we always remember all the negative stuff. We never remember remember the the negative stuff. stuff. And we always remember those moments. We're Mm. so much more willing to accept the negative stuff than the positive stuff. Mm -hmm. What was was Mm -hmm. it? One time you have to hear something positive at least 10 times to undo one negative thing you hear. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. And I remember reassuring Jill, you are a good person because it were it not for you when my first marriage ended, I would have become a hermit who never left her apartment. That's true. Mm -hmm. She's the one who made me get out and go to lunch and made me go out and do activities and made me go out and do stuff all the time. And I, I would have been just content curling up in my apartment, never leaving again. So I think most of us would be. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing that I wanted to talk about is, you know, we've talked a little bit about work friends and how work friends can be really, um, impactful on our lives. I know that I've mentioned to you guys that Rexy is one of my work friends and Tina has talked about her work friends. Alice, I know that your life is a little different. You, you don't have work, work friends like that. So do you feel that you have an opportunity through work to make friends? So a lot of my, and I'll put air quotes around friends because they're all online. You know what I mean? There's different groups. There's different business groups that I belong to. Um, When I connect with someone to be, you know, podcast interview on theirs or there with mine, you know, my friend list just keeps getting bigger. Now, are they 100% like a great friend? No, not someone I can like reach out to every single day and talk to them. But I can definitely reach out to them and ask questions and network and that kind of a thing. Um, I'm trying to do better with getting real face-to-face friends locally. And also my best friend is my mom. 
And um, my eldest son, I think we're, I mean, we're really close. Like a whole family is just really close. And so if I have a problem, my mom's the one I call and she calls me and they just moved closer to me. They're literally just down the street. And I was joking the other day and we were saying how we don't call each other as much now as used to because you're just down the street where <laughs> where she was 3,000 miles away in California we were calling every other day and oh. we just thought it was interesting how we don't really talk we we talk but it's just different so I I always look at I need to find other in face-to-face people here locally where I live due to the fact that you know eventually my mom could pass away Right. And so, you know, that's, I'm hoping 20, 30 years you know, in the future, but you never know when, you know, that could happen. So right. um, it's easy to connect online. It's easy to send emails, instant messages, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think I'm a pretty good wordsmith. So, you know, to get my point across, I can be super snarky or <laughs> I can be really nice. I think being in HR and customer service and marketing has helped me throughout the years that I know how to write a really good email. And, uh, but I also want more than just that connection through an email, you know, instant message. I I, want to get more face-to-face more than anything else. One of the places in, not in relation to that at all, this is a hundred percent of a change from what you just said. (laughs) Because, I'm ready for it. <laughs> no, whatever, man. That was cool. Yeah, let's move on. Um, one of the things I found, and this is sort of like dating, like you mentioned before. Um, recently, I went with Rexy, and we had to go to Austin for work. And after work, we went to a bar and drank too much. And then we met this group of people, and like the we met a couple. And the girl of the couple was freaking cool as hell. And like, I wanted to be friends with her forever. I'm like, you're so much fun. I love you, man. But it wasn't just because I was drinking. Because I drank a reasonable amount that night. Um, But do you think that just like with dating, you can make friends at places like bars or restaurants or other kind of like rando places? I think so. It just takes a little bit more effort. I mean, I mean, one of my husband's clients was our age, single dog. And every time she called, like, I always felt like there was this connection. I finally just got my big girl panties on one day and finally said to her, Hey, would you want to meet for lunch? And she was like, yeah, okay. I was so nervous, you know, doing that because I had, you know, we just talked on the phone and that was it. And so I, I do think that there are opportunities and moments that you don't expect that you will meet somebody, but you definitely have to be open to it. And you definitely better say yes when it's presented to you. So she and I would meet, I think, once a month, go to lunch, go to dinner and that kind of a thing. And then once again, I think I have this, um, what is this, series of best friends. They all leave me at some point in the end. She did move. She did. <laughs> like, I think like three years ago, she moved from here down south and I was like god damn it again I'm like it's gonna be me not them it's me but I'm gonna persist and you know going I definitely think if you were out in some place you know as you said a bar a restaurant you know or even at um uh different conferences 
you know what I mean? There could be someone you connect with and you're going to all the different events together that you, you know, can find someone of a kindred spirit, as they say. You know, I, I will mention I had a very intense leadership conference I went to during 2018 where they would take you somewhere and put you in a hotel and they they were the people you would see for days at a time. And you do the we did this for every quarter for a while. And um, there was a group of us that got fairly close. Like I said, that's not the easiest thing for me, but I think we got fairly close. And we actually have quarterly quarterly lunches now just so we can keep that up. Uh, but you're right. You have to be willing to put yourself out there to do it. And I was scared spitless for a while, but um, a couple people kind of drugged me into it. And I'm like, okay. And it worked out. <laughs> so Two things. Yeah. First of all, I think that sounds creepy that they just put you someplace for a weekend. That sounds <laughs> like kidnapping. It's <laughs> a little different than that. Second, <laughs> when you said we meet for quarterly luncheons or whatever, that sounded a little bit like Stockholm syndrome-y. <laughs> well, <laughs> we are all business people. We define things by quarters. <laughs> it's okay. what we do. <laughs> Well, it's interesting is that someone's taking the initiative to keep that going. You know, there's always someone in the relationship of two people that's going to take the initiative to continue on setting it up, reaching out, because that's what I think we expect is it should be easy or both of us should want it. But sometimes one other person is just not as good at it as the other person. I know I am the stronger one. I'm the organized one. I'm the you know, get it on the calendar and it's going to happen one, but I'm also the one who doesn't want to ask <laughs> and I'm too afraid to ask and put myself but out there to do it. <laughs> just because the one person is the more organized and more wanted person doesn't mean the the other person who's like the suck at organizing doesn't want it. Um, exactly. <laughs> I will say that in our relationship in the beginning, Gina I'll say pursued me. <laughs> it, <laughs> sounds, it sounds weird. It sounds kind of creepy and kinky, but it wasn't like that. But she was much more about like, I want to be her friend than I was. I was like, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Because I was kind of just like chill about the whole thing. I didn't care who I was friends with. I had just moved to town. I didn't know anybody. So whoever wanted to be my friend, I was like, wee, let's do that. <laughs> and she was like, I have to be her friend. So when she decided she wanted to be my friend, that was fine with me. I was like, all right, let's do that. <laughs> but she was very adamant about this is what we're going to do. Because I think deep down, she's an Aspie whisperer. I was just about to say something like, so, I mean, was that part of who you were as a person trying to learn how the social norms were to then say, I want you as my friend. And I don't understand why you, this is so easy. You know, you, you're just saying what you want to have happen. Funny you say it that way, because that is exactly what happened. Cause we both worked for like this big chain retail place. Yeah. And I remember orientation. I was sitting there all quiet with my little booklet and a pencil and a pad of paper ready to take notes. And Jillian walks in and she walks in and she automatically walks in with someone who I'm assuming she also just met. Um, and she's chatting with them and is bright and a um, like bubbly and just la la la. And she automatically she's taken over the room and I'm sitting there going, I want to be her friend because I'm going to learn how to do that. Because that's cool. 
I feel like bubbly is an overstatement for anything I've ever been, ever. Well, you definitely own the room. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I need to do that. <laughs> Let me stay your friends there so I can like study that. you. <laughs> There's people that like that. They attract people. They walk in the room. I mean, I've been told at, at different jobs that, because of my personality and how I connect with people that like, if I have an off day, my boss is like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm just having a bad day. And they're like, you can't do You can't have a bad day because then it affects the whole entire team. And I'm like, that's not my responsibility, but I affect the whole entire team attitude yeah. of what's going on today. This you is know, my DNA. So I don't know if you guys have taken the strengths finder test, but it's a test to kind of assess what your strengths are and then to build upon your strengths because your weaknesses are always going to be your weaknesses. Why try and improve them? And so one of my uh, top five is positivity. So like I'm always a positive person. And so when I have to go to social situations, I am definitely an introvert, but I can turn on the extrovert when I need to. I can, you know, work the room and, but it's not fun for me. I don't like doing it, but I can do it. And it's not that I'm like a different person when I'm like that, but you definitely are on your, you know, I get exhausted, you know, after that kind of event, but I, I'll do it, but it's not my favorite thing to do. I, I did do strength, find, uh, strength finders recently because they put me in this uh, one leadership development program at work and we had to do that. And, um, you know, I didn't realize that not a lot of people knew because, okay, believe it or not, Jill's going to laugh, but um, my biggest strength is analytical. Huh, shocker. Um, but one of my other strengths is, is like, I don't know if it's like amiability. I think that was one of them or something like that. Um, but what my testing revealed is that it could, I'm very good at it, but it's exhausting. And they actually recommended that I take a break over lunch and just shut my door and have some recharge time so I can get through the afternoon better. And I'm like, awesome. But I didn't know at the time is uh, like my boss she gets her energy from interactions with people and she's just a really amazing um high energy person um but she is energized by that kind of interaction and she said when she was reading my profile it actually helped her understand some other things better including her own daughter because she goes i never understood why my daughter will go out and do all this stuff and thoroughly enjoy it and then have to come home and go to bed she goes that's what i'm at my peak i'm ready to like okay let's go get our nails done let's go do this let's i'm gonna go weed the garden i mean but um, so she goes, so, you know, you help me understand my kid that not everyone is energized by it like I am. So people enjoy it, but are exhausted by it. And I think it's huge for people to know that and recognize it not only in themselves, but in other people. Right. So. And, you, and once you know that about yourself, but you can also sense that with other people. So like if you're meeting someone for their first time, people always assume that if I'm quiet or anyone's quiet, they're snobby. They don't want to be there. They're unhappy. And I'm like, no, they probably are someone I need to just ask questions in a different way and they're probably really really shy and you know in a new situation where you're trying to make friends you've got to be able to pivot and not just to make these grand assumptions I always tell people that you should try something three times before you just say okay I'm done with this because the first time you're uncertain and it's all new second time is a little better and the third time hopefully you'll know for sure whether you want to do it or not awesome right back to the power of three Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that a lot of people, 
I think that a lot of people who are introverts, though, feel that people who are at least seeming extroverts are that naturally. And it isn't necessarily that. It is that people who can, there are some people who are just natural extroverts, but there are some people who learn to be extroverts. Um, One of the things that I learned growing up being, my dad was in a, a leadership position in our community. And as a child, I had to go to a lot of different functions and represent him. And so as a kid, I had to learn to talk to people. I had to learn to be the kid of that guy. And so as that kid, I had to be able to communicate with people and I had to talk to people. And it wasn't that it was comfortable for me, but I had to learn how to put other people at ease. And I had to learn how to participate in a conversation that maybe wasn't something I was comfortable with, but something that I had to be party to just because this is where I was, this is what I had to do, and I had to, like, play the game. So it isn't necessarily that I'm not an introvert. It isn't that I'm an extrovert. I think I'm kind of a hybrid of the two. But I know how to play the extrovert game. I know how to bring people in by asking questions. I know how to um, work on finding out things about people that I can, all you have to do is find one thing you can relate to and then you can really relate to them on a different level and you can pull them into your circle and then they're on your side. And from that point on, all you have to do is like ask one thing and then they'll just talk to you and you don't have to say anything else after that. All you have to do is remember their name and then you win. You're hundred percent right. Because I think where I learned how to be an extrovert was in college. I was in a sorority and during rush, you had to talk to people. Like you had to take this girl, all of a sudden an unknown person and find out what's her name, what's her major, what she's doing and how she is and ask questions the whole entire time for 20 minutes and then do it again in like a half hour and then do it another again in another half hour and then do that over like five or six days. And so that. And then go to different functions with the surety and other sororities and other fraternities. So that experience made me, exactly what you were saying, made me ask questions and get to know people and figure out how to play the game of I'm an introvert, but how can I survive this social situation and, and keep going and hopefully make a connection with someone to be, to be their friend in the, in the future. Yeah. I think that's I think that's kind of the key. And I think if that even as an adult, trying to make friends as an adult, it's the key where you try to find that balance where you're looking at this is the thing we have in common. This is our primary thing. Like if you have work in common, this is our primary thing we have in common. If it's motorcycles, if it's work, if it's kids, Whatever the primary thing you have in common, then you have to find the little outliers that you might also have in common. What? You like antiques? I love antiques. Do you want to go to an antique show with me? Do you want to go to an antique fair with me? We could go up to the big old flea market that they've got going on. We could go do that. That would be super fun. And that's one thing that we have in common. What kind of antiques do you like? What kind of this do you like? And you get an opportunity to talk about that kind of thing. So finding the main thing you have in common and then exploring any sort of 
outliers, like the little offshoots that might work are kind of the thing. I get to go with Gina on one of her drunken housewives things. We went to one in back in the Midwest. We went to a play and it was really fun. We're going to go to one in Las Vegas. I'm looking forward to it. Um, But like, I don't know all of her drunken housewives. I only met a couple of them and I don't know if I have anything in common with them. So that's hard for me, like coming into that, like, I don't know any of them. What do I, what do I do? But and you don't want to embarrass her. You know what I mean? Like, what if I say something and they're like, oh, that's friend. Oh my God, she why is she is? Exactly. <laughs> and I think also with the way the political, social climate is now, I feel like there's a little bit more tiptoeing I have to do mm-hmm. around certain subjects. Now, again, these are the same subjects that, of course, you shouldn't talk about, like, usually ever in a social right. situation. Religion too. politics. I feel like there uh, people are now emboldened almost to say it, to stir it up, to see what will happen in, in a situation. And I'm like, no, 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 please, please, just don't go there. I, I, let's just keep it. Let's keep it to talking about uh, sports. And even then, okay, another sensitive topic. But can we just talk about like our kids, or what do you do for a living, or how is this, and how is that? But I mean, there's so many sen- sensitive topics now. I think sometimes I'm always afraid to how far do I go with someone before I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, nope. Can't be your friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Oh, completely and utterly. So it's it's a tough time, even with members of my own family, where I kind of go, let's talk about something completely different. Yeah. Would you like some bourbon? <laughs> Bourbon's good. We all like bourbon. <laughs> let's drink. Let's. That'll be good. Yeah. yeah. We have that in common. Let's just keep just, just turning that around and spreading it down, everybody. <laughs> there we go. Yes, so exactly. Oh gosh. You know what's funny? What because um, you both kind of discussed things that helped you. You know what finally helped me? Kind of there were two things that really helped me break through on the conversational aspect. One was um, Jillian got me to play EverQuest years ago, and something finally clicked that if I can type that to a person, I can say that to a person. So that helped. Um, but also for a very brief period, um, I was a a litigator. Uh, and I would do stuff like, um, like a city prosecution and child in need of care cases, very brief time. Cause I couldn't handle it. I came home crying every night, wanting to adopt every kid I met. So, you know, I went back to my big faceless corporations and was happy again, but cross examination of all things helped me conversationally. Cause I would literally have like half an hour's notice, get to court and go do this. And I'd be like, shit. So I'd have to figure crap out fast. It was the best training ground in the world for learning how to ask people questions. I got the best information. And I'm like, I can use this in conversation. Holy crap. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me think of like, for one brief shining moment that was here in Camelot. Right? (laughs) That's how that works. That's how that works. Totally. (laughs) I think that I think everybody comes up with their tricks. I mean, there are some people who probably don't need tricks because they just like roll through life being awesome or what they think is awesome. But I think most of us probably have our lives kind of, um, I think we all recognize that we're sort of dorks. And so if we can finally 
work into like oh my god maybe somebody wants to be that friend wouldn't that be so cool oh my god what are we gonna do <laughs> you know? it's amazing and I think it's it's completely worth it so if you were going to give one piece of advice to people who are saying I really I've moved to a new community I really need to make some friends what would that piece of advice be Gina we'll start with you um have friends who are already there who can help socialize you. <laughs> okay, that's not helpful at all. <laughs> it helped me. <laughs> all right, Alice, we'll start with you. <laughs> I like your answer, Gina. It's okay. Um, I think that you have to be able to be nice to yourself. And what I mean by that is recognize that there's going to be a lot of fear that comes up. Because you're putting yourself out there again, and especially if you're by yourself, if you're single or a single parent or something like that, I always feel like it's a little harder because you don't have that sidekick of a spouse or a best friend or something, you know, to go into those social situations with you. So recognize that there's going to be fear, but you have to figure out a way to be this other person, maybe like, how can I be more confident? How can I be more motivated? How can I do all these things? and then meet the right people and start small. And maybe it's just joining a, a gym with a class and just doing that first. You know, you don't have to try and smash in five different things in a month to try and meet you know, new people. And hopefully you have a job, but again, maybe it's an online job. So now, you know, your, your world just even got smaller, new town, online job, single parent, and give yourself permission that it's gonna take time to build a relationship with other people it's not going to magically happen in a month it might take six months but not to be defeated and not to always have the attitude of what's wrong with me like there's something wrong with me because I'm not making friends like super fast I think that's excellent advice I think that granting yourself the ability to have that time especially moving to a new place I think anybody who has grown up in a community and they're like there with all their high school friends, it's one thing. But if you're moving someplace new, one of the cool things about living in Dallas is nobody who lives in Dallas is actually from Dallas. Like I've only met one people, one people from here. And <laughs> it's so funny because everybody says, oh, well, nobody from Dallas is from Dallas. And it's true. So moving here there's not like a bunch of clicks that you run into that are like well we went to high school together and that's why we know each other it's an opportunity to make friends and, and to move into new groups but if you don't have something that you're a part of or something that you can join or some way that you can integrate yourself into a group or meet people from a group then it's much more difficult. So working from home, both T and I do that. So we don't have the opportunity to make friends that way. Um, just meeting friends sort of anecdotally, you know, make friends at a restaurant or make friends at a bar or make friends wherever you make friends. It just is kind of potluck for us. We've been very fortunate that the friends that we have made since we've been here, um, we've made a little bit, we've made a couple friends who are actually 
new friends and then we've had friends that we've sort of imported from other places that have like joined us here and we're like yay people we know <laughs> so that's pretty cool and 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 I think that's awesome what's interesting about my parents moving down the street is they've met so many people because it's a retirement community it's almost like I feel like it's high school but on a different level so like they met their next door neighbors and they've met all the people that are like in their little colds back and then they have their meals at the main house. So they've gone out to dinner with different people, you know, that they've met. They've joined this little group. I mean, my dad is more social now than he ever was. And I'm like, that is not the man that I grew up with. So how did this happen? And he's chatty Cathy with all these people. He's introducing me. Oh, this is Zonda. This is my daughter. And I'm like, who are you? Like what? And my mom's just like, don't even get me started. And so, like, in those situations, like, you you have, quote, ready-made friends because you're able to, they're all in the same boat. And you know what I mean? They're all getting there. They're all retired. They all are trying to find something to do. And they're all willing to help each other out, find the next thing that they want to do. Right. Whereas I think because we're all still working, we don't have as much time as they do, let's say, to, to invest in trying to meet people because they've got all day to do it basically <laughs> all these people living in the same compound basically so it's been interesting to watch that's really cool though that they've got that opportunity to do that and my hope is when I get to be an old person which seems like it's only a minute and a half from now um, <laughs> I'll have a chance to do that too so I do think that that's a, a good a good thing to kind of keep in mind Gina did you want to Kind of bring us back to the final friendship <laughs> statement. I, I do. And it's, I, I, I said it partly for comedy, but in all seriousness, once you make that one friend in your area, I, I was lucky. I had one pre-installed. I had four pre-installed. <laughs> um, but don't be afraid to make friends with their friends because they can end up being really, really good friends too. And Absolutely. I, I've had that pleasure and that has helped me out immensely. So, um, I mean, you don't have to treat your friend like a stepping stone, but they can be a gateway and that's a good thing. Gateway is a much nicer term than stepping stone. It'd be like, I like you, but I like these other friends more. <laughs> I'm going to push you out of the way. <laughs> I don't know. Out of the way. I've got to be good to the one who did introduce me to the drunk housewives, though, because she's the one who decides what my raise is every year. So, you know. Right. I think it's important to be nice to her. I always love you. You're wonderful. I know you listen. (laughs) (laughs) I think that we are at a place where this is probably a good place to close up. So we want to thank our new friend, Alice, for being here today. Thank you for listening to us every week. Our website's alwaysneverwrite.com, and you can see our topics for each episode along with what we're drinking. And there's links to the Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff on the Contact Us page. And if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button and tell your friends about us, too. And if you have a few moments and you like what you hear, we'd love to get some feedback on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, because those ratings do help us um, get more exposure and more listeners. So that would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And take a few minutes. If you're looking for a really great podcast content and want to listen to Alice's podcast, The Kids Are Grown, Now What? Check out her website. Alice, what's that? It's Alice Agnello, spell, spell it, it's A-L-I-C-E-A-G 
N-E-L-L-O.com. If you see my last name, which is in Italian, Agnello, and it's uh, Italian for lamb, if you see my last name at a restaurant, that's what it means. It means lamb, and then you'll understand what the heck you're going to be eating that evening. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. That's so awesome. Uh, we'll also put that in the links we love on our website as well. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alice. This has been a very friendly episode of Always. Never. Right. I am Jill. And I'm Gina. And thank you so much for making us a part of your week. And we shall talk again next week, my dolls. Standard disclaimer. Always Never Write is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guiltiest and assholes. <laughs>